0: Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Drop him for cycle back for Wheeler shot. He's the oh,
1: oh, a thing of beauty. Patrick Rooney has goal number 5 in for Kyle Turner. Goal! That was beautiful. Get it in here for the highlight reel.
0: Ground control. The official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV.
2: Welcome to episode sixty-three of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas and Tyler Escoville, in a wonderful hotel in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jets in the midst of a three-game road trip before the All-Star slash player break. Jets uh, losing last night in Chicago, five-two to the Blackhawks. Uh, both teams with fifty-four points. Winnipeg remains three points out of a wild card spot in the Western Conference. That's not the problem today because we find out after practice that Adam Lowry is uh, lost for up to a week or up to f- four weeks. With an upper body injury, a significant loss for the Winnipeg Jets going forward.
0: Yeah, obviously Adam Lowry. It's pretty self-explanatory what mm-hmm. he does for this hockey club. He kills penalties. He's uh, one of the premier face-off men in the league. Uh, great in his own zone, and you know has Huge a bit of physical a, presence. Exactly has has that offensive potential that mm-hmm. you'd like to see, and you know he's he's the full package for the Winnipeg Jets. He's sort of the, the everyman's every man's player, and for him to go down uh, in in the fashion that he has and. For the Winnipeg Jets to, to plow forward without him is, is going to be is gonna to be tough, but uh, it's exciting to see and, and you you listen to Paul Maurice's comments after practice at PNC Arena and he says the, those players that want more ice time are gonna get it. They're gonna get it. Exactly. <laughs> um, for years Matthew Perot was the
2: Swiss Army knife for the Winnipeg Jets. Not Correct. to take anything away from him now, but Andrew Kopp has been thrust into this role. A new Swiss Army the, knife. A second one. All yeah, Swiss Army knife part two. Or 2.0, I guess, however way you want to look at it. But he moves back in the middle, which is more than up to his, his capabilities because he likes playing center. He's a thinking man's player. Absolutely. Uh, is great for the position and now an opportunity to play up the middle one more time.
0: Yeah, and I think something that Andrew Kopp mentioned also after practice was that you know, it's not just him that can slide into the middle. There's Jack Roslevic, who has some experience in his hockey career playing in the middle. You have Matthew Perreault, who's played in the middle. So there are people on this hockey team where you can plug and play, but Andrew Kopp is, has really emerged as a, a strong piece to this hockey club. And, you know, he's like much like Adam Lowry. He's mm-hmm. good in his own end. He kills penalties, and, you know, he's, he's seen some success uh, offensively this year, so... Um, he's going to get this uh, increased opportunity this increased role and perhaps just a bit of a different one than he's been used to seeing so it'll be it'll be interesting to see i mean a lot of players in the national hockey league don't become who they are without some of these types of things these injuries that sort of thrust them to where they be- they were so um excited to see where uh, where he moves forward for some players
2: being able to play at any position it's only going to help you in the in the long run, and yeah. and Cop did make a good point today. I think he has had like seven different line mates over the last four <laughs> weeks. Or, or you could s-
0: just see the frustration on his face. Yeah. You know, when you say Adam Lowry's going to be out for an X amount of time at the time when the question was asked, the media didn't know, and he just sort of rolled his eyes and, and sighed, like you know, another one. But um, head up, chin up, and move forward. It is too bad because the, the Mark Shifley, Andrew Copp, Nikolai Ehlers line was very
2: productive in, in Chicago It was on a Sunday night. So you could see, and that's a big part of his frustration as well. Is just It seemed like they were, that was the second game they were together. They were just starting to work things out. However, that's just the way things have been rolling here for the Winnipeg Jets ahead of this game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, the moms are on the trip, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but I, I was talking to Pat Wheeler, Blake Wheeler's mom, and this was her first visit to PNC Arena. And it wasn't PNC Arena back in 2004, but that's when Blake Wheeler was drafted into the National Hockey League, and they sat in the stands with Blake's dad, James, his sister Brooke, and as their agent. So it was her first visit back to PNC Arena since Blake Wheeler uh, was drafted in the National Hockey League, so it must have been a nice moment for her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really cool to just have the moms on the trip and, and see just how all, all the guys are interacting. Obviously, you know, on the ice, a bit of a tough sledding right now, mm-hmm. but you know, you can't help but just have a smile on your face and enjoy just the, the interactions that are having and, and just seeing how excited the moms are with every little thing that, that happens along the way. Uh, you know, we're privy to, you know, the behind-the-scenes life of, of the NHL and yeah. to, to have the moms who, you know, aren't you know privy to that all the time get to see it it's super exciting just to see the joy and it, it truly is a, a a good day every day in this league oh totally and, and just seeing the
2: moms they're always in a good mood yeah they're, they're so appreciative and, and spe- Neil Pionk is our guest today on the podcast and uh, Neil is our first two-timer by the way on ground control yes. so we'll have to get him a, a medal for that <laughs> after this is all said and done but uh talking with him today he said on the dad's trip with the Rangers last year he goes when your dad's with you you can just you know he's thinking it he doesn't say it, but you know he's <laughs> he's judging you right. a little bit about your play that night. So he doesn't, may not talk to you, but you can just feel him and the coach part coming out of him. Right. So there's a, there's a big difference when Paul Murray's touched on it before the Jets took off on this trip that it's just it's mom's up here, dad's down here with the trip. So, oh, for yeah. sure.
0: Uh, you know, Really happy to have his mother, Karen, uh, join us on the podcast today. So uh, enjoy this. Shop where the players shop. Jets gear and com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com.
1: Hi, this is Neil Pionk, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
2: Not every day we get to do this, so I'm just pleased to welcome uh, Neil Pionk and his mom Karen to the podcast. Uh, Neil, we were talking after practice today about this whole process of your mom wondering when there was going to be a mother's trip since you've joined the National Hockey League. What was it like to hear that there was going to be a mom's trip, and how did you deliver the message?
1: Uh, It was good news. Uh, Last year there was a father's trip in New York, so uh, my mom bugged me a little bit from time to time about when the mother's trip was coming, and and, uh, we got the good news, I think, in November, and I texted right away. What did you, What was the reaction when you found out, Karen?
3: I was thrilled when I found out. Um, I got the text from Neil and said, "That's awesome, great!" And he gave me the dates, and then I looked at the schedule and I said, "Because I've always wanted to go to Chicago <laughs> and Columbus in January." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: but, not, de- not exactly the locations you go to in the middle. Not winter, when you're from Duluth, Minnesota. Yes, yes. You know, you're trying to find sunshine. You're like <laughs> right. the Florida and Tampa. Location. I was
3: yes, Florida, Arizona. I was all about that.
2: <laughs> so. What was it like when Neil first got into the National Hockey League and the journey there? Like, I imagine as a mother, it must be very satisfying for you.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's to not overuse a phrase, but it really was surreal. I mean, you watch and you journey with them and you're side by side with them through the whole process and each level and they take another step and you just think, is this going to happen? Yeah, it's happening. And, um, You know, you go through the ups and downs and the frustrations and, well, maybe it's not meant to be. Come up with a plan B. (laughs) Make sure you get that education done um, just in case. And then you get the call. And that day we got the call saying he was getting called up was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I I literally couldn't. I probably started crying, to be Mm -hmm. honest. (laughs) And then just to realize that this opportunity was really going to be put in front of him.
2: I'll ask Neil this question first, and then you can elaborate on it afterwards. What was your mom like as a hockey mom growing up?
1: Oh, great. Uh, excellent, because we, I mean, I grew up with four brothers, so uh, my dad was kind of the, the general, the sergeant, the, the coach around the house, so I guess we were all mama's boys to a, to a degree. Uh, we went to mom for a for a safekeeping, and um, she took care of us really well, um, put up with all of us getting in the van and, and going to the rink in late hours at the rink and, and road trips. Um, to tiny towns across minnesota across north dakota and wisconsin so uh, a lot of credit goes goes to my mom as you hear him describe that that
2: has to make you feel good yeah hearing that description i know you're sitting right here and there's not much else you can elaborate on but it sounds we had him by himself and he said pretty much the same thing to describe yeah. you how would you describe yourself as a hockey mom um
3: well i think i had a leg up on what it would be like because I didn't grow up around hockey, I grew mm-hmm. up in Nebraska and with a sister, and so that wasn't a part of our life, and I didn't understand the whole journey of it. I was fortunate because my husband coached, and so I got to watch other parents um, lead the way and set the example, and there was one family from Omaha, Nebraska, and their son went on to play Division One hockey, then went on to play professional hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, And they had four children and three of them playing hockey and I just watched her, you know. And so I had this mentor, if you would, um, Judy Ortmeier Mm -hmm. and followed her lead. And so I felt like I had a leg up on that and that I didn't, I'm not one to get over involved, um, in the fanfare, if you will. I remember Neil was probably in about second grade, and he asked me, how come when I go to my friend's house for birthday parties, they have their friends there, and when we have one, it's just grandma and our aunts, and you know, yeah, that sort of thing.
2: and the, and the boys, so, yeah.
3: I I was outnumbered, so it was just get through each day type of thing. And so, yeah, I feel very fortunate. I taught myself to knit during that time. So (laughs) I was always one kind of off in the corners, and I still am. We've got one in high school hockey still. And I sit up with the grandpas, Mm -hmm. and... You know, just watch.
2: Um, New York's a pretty big place for a guy, for somebody to start their National Hockey League career, especially right. where he, Neil grew up and where you guys are from. What was your first visit like when you went to go see him in New York?
3: It was a whirlwind. We landed. Well, first they called and they said, OK, here's what, here's the schedule. You'll get to see one game. If you want to stay another night, you can. And I said, um, we can't. We need to be back the next day because it's senior day for our one uh, high school player, and our other one that's in college um, has his last home game, and so we need to be there for that. And he was like, so you want to leave first thing in the morning? We're like, yeah, we were on the 6 a.m. flight out of New York. So, um, And watching his brother's game as we were in Madison Square Garden watching his game, we were watching his brother's game on our cell phones. So yeah. It's just kind of what you do. But MSG, um,
2: yeah. like, come on.
3: <laughs> I know. That was a little that, – that was a little – Humbling, to say the least, you know, because you're sitting there and you're like, Billy Joel performs here.
2: Neil Peary performs
3: here. here." I mean, it's just like, what? And then we're like, and we're from Hermantown, Minnesota, you know, from 7,000 people. This holds more than our city is, Mm -hmm. you know.
2: How did your, how did you, wow,
1: how do you think your mom and dad juggled the four of you as well as they did? I actually don't know how you know, I don't think I'll ever know how, but, uh, it it was pretty incredible. Like there was a couple of weekends, um, you know, myself and my three younger brothers would be playing hockey. And there was, there was one or two weekends where we would literally be on every corner of the state. So Northeastern Minnesota, Northwestern Minnesota, Southeastern, Southwestern, and two parents would split up each way. And then the other two boys would just go with different families. So, um, a lot of chaos a lot of uh communication a lot of miscommunication and, and some younger brothers were left at the rink for sure
2: who had the uh <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay right, wait a second
1: wait a brothers were left at the rink oh, not not, in, not intentionally
2: but <laughs> when you're trying to So yeah. let's go with it sounds like there's more than one time here so let's go with just one <laughs> of the times well Please i tell
3: i really remember one time Um, It was just that. And this is before technology Mm -hmm. as it is now. We didn't have cell phones. And so I literally had a poster board um, taped to the refrigerator and every kid had a different color and myself and my husband and my husband was coaching college hockey, too. So we added one more team to our schedule and I used to tell him like, if you see a rainbow on any day, then I need help. (laughs) And we pulled in from all different directions and then landed at the last game of the night and we pulled into the garage almost simultaneously. And I looked over without even getting out of the car. I looked over and I mouthed to my husband, where's Joe? And he put his car in reverse and backed up. So (laughs) Joe was still at the rink. (laughs) And how old was Joe at the time then? Probably six. Um.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's just six.
3: (laughs) And and when the youngest was born um, in January, so right in the middle of hockey season. You could have timed that better, right? I could come, you know, the... They were releasing me from the hospital and Scott said, my husband said, okay, well, this one has practice and this one has a game, so I'll get them there and then I'll come pick you up. And so he came and picked me up and nobody was there but him. And I said, where are the rest of the kids? He said, oh, I got them all to the warming shack and I just dropped them off at the warming (laughs) shack with the Zamboni (laughs) guy.
2: Yeah, the zamboni guy's part of the family now. So yeah, so yeah. we went
3: from the hospital with a newborn baby to the warming shack to pick up the kids and then home. So,
2: wow, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. What's the, so what's the age? What's the age range here?
3: Well, my oldest one, so Neil's older brother, is 31, and then Neil, um, his next brother, is 23. Then Joe is that gets left at the rink often is twenty now, and the youngest is seventeen.
2: So Joe can't? Does he remember being left at the rink then? Oh yeah. So he this is often brought up, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We
3: would. He was always the wanderer, so he was the one that was most likely to get left.
1: He was. He was social enough where he didn't even know that he was forgotten. No. He just. He was just talking his way, and then. Well, that's what happens. When you have so many older brothers. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of get pulled you fend along. for
3: yourself, and the younger one, I was. At a tournament of his, he must have been like nine or so, and it was out of town. It was actually up in Roseau, and I was there, and it was everybody at the hotel, okay, it's time to go, it's time to go, and kids were rounding up. Moms and dads are rounding up kids, and I said to one of the other moms, I said, have you seen Aaron?" And she said oh, honey, just go over by the front door in the lobby because he's probably standing there. He never knows who's going to bring him to the rink, so he just <laughs> waits by the door with his bag. Yeah. And I walked to the lobby. Sure enough, there he was. And I was like, Aaron. He goes, oh, I forgot you, <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs>
1: Safe to say, when I turned 16, I became a pretty valuable cab right. driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so it's, most people are happy when they get their driver's license. It sounds like it was like more of a nuisance for you to have yeah, your driver's I, license. Yeah, I, I was
1: put to work at, at, for free, too.
3: <laughs> he got his driver's license and the minivan. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, so I get a of all
3: the vehicles I, you could yeah. have, it's our minivan. Yeah, exactly. now you can help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be so popular at school. <laughs> oh, I was. And I was, I was
1: the older one in my grade, too. So everyone right. piled into my minivan.
2: It is handy yeah oh yeah who get with this many children
1: someone's always viewed as the favorite so who's viewed as the favorite aaron the, baby. the youngest one it's not <laughs> even close and it's not, a, not, even a it's not even a conversation okay explain uh well he's the youngest i mean he's mom's way like we the older brothers i'm guilty of it we all picked on him and who did he turn to he turned to mom because <laughs> once he was within five feet of her we couldn't touch him and then he would he would come downstairs and he would play knee hockey with us or football whatever it was and He'd start crying, and we 'd say, "Listen, if you make too much noise you 're not coming back down here, so either toughen up or go upstairs. <laughs>
2: Is there any stories that you could say you did to Aaron that your mom doesn 't know about
1: uh, not off the top of my head um, no, not off the top of my head
2: that 's pretty good mom moms do know everything, I guess in some aspects yeah instances. well i think
1: I think he told her everything right like, it all got out eventually anyways. so we were all guilty of it and Yeah, it's. uh, So is Aaron the favorite? Karen?
3: Oh, easily.
1: Yeah, he'll admit to it too. We're not ashamed to say it. He's not ashamed to say it.
3: Yeah, and anytime there's the dog pile of kids, and he's at the bottom, they won't let him up until he says, "I'm a mama's boy." (laughs)
1: Sibling torture at its finest,
3: and he's 17, and he still has to say, "I'm a mama's boy." But he has no shame
2: in saying it. I don't think so. Well, it's been
1: effective for him,
2: yeah, and yeah. it's got him through life, exactly. So why should
1: he be ashamed of the it? Problem is, he's the boy that cried wolf. So like, he, he'll yeah. just, you know, we'll will do something really minor to him and we'll start crying for mom. Are <laughs> used to it, at least. Well, Aaron, yeah. If you're listening. Yeah, we apologize for everyone getting to find out about this. <laughs> that is
3: true, though. Used to because even at Christmas we were all in Winnipeg and. They were in Neil's TV room, and Neil came out and he goes, I think that's the first time Aaron's ever fought back. You know, well, so. wait, now, he's, now he's as tall as us. He, right. had a,
1: he had a growth spurt, I'd say, last year probably. Yeah. So now he's looking us in the eye. I mean, he's still 100 pounds soaking wet, but he's, now he's looking us in the eye, and it's, it's kind of like challenging oh, a little yeah. bit. The revenge is coming. Yeah. Yeah. The revenge yeah. tour. Maybe. The WWE revenge tour Maybe. is coming. And Maybe. Aaron's we'll, we'll the main see. event. Yeah. yeah. Give it uh, another two, three years, and we'll see. Did you ever put your hand on his forehead? And he's like, doing that swinging thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. We used to, uh, in the backyard, we would play football, and and, uh, me and my brother Nate would be the all-time blockers. We couldn't carry the ball because our younger brothers couldn't tackle us, so we'd be the all-time blockers. And the requirements for the younger brothers was that they wore their hockey gear so we could hit them as hard as we wanted to. (laughs) So, like, we didn't wear our gear. We just, just went out there in a jacket, and then we said, Aaron and Joe, if you guys want to come play with us, put your helmet on, put your shoulder pads on, and put your breezes on, you can come out and play with us. So, they they ran at the ball and we pushed him in the snowbank for fun. <laughs> um, Karen, where were you for this? <laughs>
3: Pounding on the yeah. kitchen window. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's not very effective. After a while, I figure that one out. Mom can't get us from there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Neil gets traded this off season, first time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What was that experience like for you?
3: You know, um, he's. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, always just very collected with emotions and that sort mm-hmm. of thing and you know nothing's alarming but i was in a meeting and my phone kept ringing and i was like something's going on because he never calls the only other time he called me was to tell me he got called up you mm-hmm. know and that's so- a long
1: gap between phone calls you <laughs> <Right. Neil. laughs> i think that's misleading but-
3: <laughs> well he doesn't call very often all right that's <laughs> we'll, sure. we'll deal with that <laughs> and um so I thought something's going on and it's summer and I couldn't figure it out. And I called and said, what's going on? And he said, I got traded. And I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, it's part of the business, you know? And, and then just kind of elaborated telling me what um, New York had told them and that sort of thing. And, and they were really gracious too. Cause they even reached out to us and just said, you have a heck of a kid and he's going to have a great career and, and that sort of thing. And so that's pretty nice. Yes, it was very nice and very a, a great class act for for them to do that, you know. So.
2: But of all places, Winnipeg is close to get outside of the Minnesota Wild, I guess in some ways. Yeah. You must feel fortunate that way.
3: Oh yeah, well, I I with an asterisk because yeah. it's a dicey drive up there. Mm. <laughs> <And> people, <laughs> Two lane road. <laughs> people would say, "Well, he's closer. You can go up and see him more often." And I said, "Would you rather fly to another city or yeah. drive to Winnipeg?" So, it is nice having it close, and you know we've. We drove through, basically stayed one night when the team was playing in Regina for the outdoor game. Mm-hmm. And then we were up at Christmas, and then I was just there on Friday. And, you know, the more I go and the more I interact with the people, it, it feels like home.
2: I was just going to say. It really it, does. Not like Minnesota North, basically, yeah. is it not?
3: We're, Duluth is the, the U.S. version of... Winnipeg Okay, you know huh. it really is we're, yeah so this we're is more at home because like
2: this is okay you're going for an original six franchise to a Canadian franchise there's terms of hockey cities yeah you can't go wrong right exactly right yeah. yeah now the mom's trip yesterday was the first game in Chicago I understand just talking to other moms watching a game with other moms <laughs> Jets moms is a lot different than sitting in the stands do you agree with that and
3: Oh yeah. Is it?
2: Are you allowed to be more yourself when yeah, you're with the other Jets moms?
3: Because you all there's a common understanding, mm-hmm. and when Lowry goes down, all of our hearts mm-hmm. reach out. You know, like get that was going to be my up, next get question. Get up, get up. You know, it's it's all of those, and I think that's one thing with the moms is that you just have this commonality and. You, know, you all know all what it took to get the one there, and are our boys, you know, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's definitely a feel of family, um, and so you want to see all of them do well.
2: You hear Neil talk about his teammates. Does it a lot of it make more sense now? You get to know them. Some I know you haven't got a lot of time with yeah. the guys. But now, you know, their moms kind of a lot of things must make sense, I imagine.
3: Yeah. And when I say to Neil on the strip, you know, like, oh, my gosh, she's so funny. <laughs> and Neil will say, well, that makes sense. You know, yeah, that's how his her kid is, too. You know, and right. so a lot of that. That's always really neat to see that.
2: So the team photo today. Yeah. Coming on the ice. Yeah. How, how cool is that? Like that's
3: I, super cool. <laughs> super cool to be out there with all of them. And they look so big and Lauren, <laughs> we were giggling because lauren's mom is so small and then he had on all that gear we're like she's just a little tiny thing you know
2: hey how did she make that human being That's right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mrs wheeler too yeah how did she make blake like yeah. i
3: know i know
2: well guys um i know there's so much more to this trip to go but i really appreciate you taking the time yeah. i know there's this is a special time for the both of you and uh, thank you so much for doing this with us
3: well, yeah. thank you. I feel honored and very blessed to be a part of this organization because they've done nothing but treat us like family. So,
1: yeah. Neil, yeah, thanks for having us on, and and uh, thanks for having my mom on the trip.
2: Are you going to call your mom a little bit more now? Or <laughs> sorry, I always do check the call log. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just, enough data. Just if you just start phoning when she's busy, then you can leave messages. Yeah. <laughs> I tried you again. Yeah. <laughs> well, he texts. <laughs> he doesn't always. Oh, call, we, yeah, but we he text, text. We text a lot. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Many thanks to, to Karen Pionk and Neil Pionk. And now uh, we have something on Neil, if we ever need something from him, because he has to phone his mom more.
0: Well, he has to phone his mom more. He's got to stop beating up on his brother. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I love watching
2: moms and sons interact.
0: Yeah, obviously with with a podcast, uh, you know, you don't get the facial reactions, but the entire time uh, Neil's mom Karen is telling stories about Neil uh, being and, bro- and his brothers, and his brothers uh, you could see the sheepish grin that was on Neil's face, and just like that's oh. the one time where I wish we could yeah. tape the podcast. Oh, on, she's on, going on video. there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> here she goes. She's going down that path. Yeah, um, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, will provide the opposition at PNC Arena tomorrow night. One of the speeder teams in the NHL. It's amazing with all. The hoopla around the Carolina Hurricanes, they only have fifty nine points. They're mm-hmm. on a wild card spot in the Western east sorry the Eastern Conference. It's just amazing to me how successful a year they've had, but they're still fighting for their playoff lives right now.
0: Yeah, I think they're they're a bit of a strange one. They you know they don't have that big, flashy superstar that you tend to see, um, but they they do it by committee. Uh, I think the storm surge that they have is sort of a perfect example of that. This Which is works a, down here. Is yeah, exactly. This yeah. is a by committee club and they they're really good uh uh, on the advanced statistics, so you know that's le- leaning in their favor. Obviously, they they lost Dougie Hamilton to a broken leg, so yep. he'll be out uh, for the remainder of the season, I believe. Um, so uh, I'm excited for the game against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's always a good one. Last time Winnipeg was in here, I believe what was the score? Eight nothing. I believe
2: it was eight one. I believe eight yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, they you did get one. For they yeah. did get one. Yes. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe the same hey. thing as the, the Jets. Why not? You know what? I found another thing. that has been, it's been going through cycles with this hockey club this year. You know, in November they were one of the best five-on-five teams in the NHL, and that was their reason for success. Now this month, their special teams are getting into order. The power play has been going since December. Yeah. Uh, power penalty kills getting a lot better. Now it's just five-on-five. And uh, speaking with Josh Morris uh, against the after the Chicago Blackhawks games, just saying that they got to get the puck out a lot faster out of their end. It's been yep. staying in their end far, far too long. So. And positivity remains with this hockey club, and that's been the integral part of this whole thing. As they, you know, fight for a playoff spot, positivity has got to stay within the room, and I think that's uh, that's been important for this team so
0: far. Yeah, I don't like the positivity is still here with this group. This is a group that's connected, as has been said many, many times, and. You know, they all want to play for each other. You know, you, you hear from uh, Neil Pionk's mom just saying just what a great organization this mm-hmm. is. It's it's not uh, made up, you know. You can see it. This, this group is together, and, and they want to play for each other. So, um, you know, it, while right now things might not look so great on the outside, trust me, the the ship wants to be righted. It's mm-hmm. just about getting that first one going and then going downhill. So And the injuries can stop anytime. It, as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's the toughest that's sort of the x factor here where you just these are the things that you can't control and sometimes they just don't go your your way but it's about how you respond
2: well it's an off evening here after we get all our work done. the podcast is almost wrapped up but before we get going here we have to take care of some business go to jetsrewards.ca the code word today is left wing all one word we're making up words all the time that's what i love about this left wing (laughs) all one word
0: (laughs) we are supplied these words
2: (laughs) yes yeah, and you get 50 Jets Rewards uh, just for listening to this podcast. As always, we appreciate that. Uh, if I write left wing in my next article, all one word, you'll know why. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> yes. expecting the 50 Jets Rewards. Are we, lo- are we allowed to get in on those? We're not allowed. As, I don't know. We should, well, I think so. so. Let's go to JetsWars.ca and sign up for that. And yeah, if you haven't done so, so. just yeah. do that. Any, anybody's listening to us. Anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We'll, we'll talk to you next week.
0: This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to
1: winnipegjets.com.